Hello, Coyote class, and welcome to another chapter of The King of Ireland's Son. We have been hearing quite a bit about Gilly of the Goatskin and the journey that he's been on over the last few chapters of our book. Most recently, boys and girls, we heard all about how Gilly of the Goatskin tricked the robbers into leading him to where the crystal egg was taken to. And it turned out that the crystal egg hatched and was taken to a lake not too far from where Gilly of the Goatskin and the robbers were staying. So let's read another chapter together and find out exactly what that strange bird has become. Then they showed him the bird that was on the waves of the lake. A swan she was, and she floated proudly. The swan came toward them, and as she drew nearer, they could hear her voice. The sounds she made were not like any sound of birds, but like the sounds bards make chanting their verses. Words came on high notes and low notes, but they were like words in a strange language. And still the swan chanted as she drew near to the shore where Gilly and the six robbers stood. The swan spread out her wings and, raising her neck, she curved it while she stayed watching the men on the bank. Hear the swan of endless tales, the swan of endless tales, she sang. In words they knew. Then she rose herself out of the water turned round in the air, and flew back to the middle of the lake. Time for us to be leaving the place when there is a bird on the lake that can speak like that, said Moog, who had been the captain of the robbers. Tonight, I'm leaving this townland. I'm leaving too, said another robber. I am too, said another. And I may be going away from this place, said Gilly of the Goatskin. The robbers went away from him and back to the house, and Gilly sat by the edge of the lake, waiting to see if the swan of endless tales would come back and tell him something. But she did not come. As Gilly sat there, the farmer who had lost his goat, his sheep, and his bullock came by. He was dragging one foot after the other, looking very downcast. What's the matter with you, honest man? asked Gilly. The farmer told him how he had lost his goat, his sheep, and his bull. He told him how he had thought he heard his goat bleeding and his sheep by, and how he went through the wood to search for them, and how his bull was gone when he came back to the road. And what do I say to my wife Anne? I do not know, said he, particularly as I have bought no shawl to put her in good humor. Heavy is the blame she'll give me on account of my losing a goat, a sheep, and a bull. Gilly took a key out of his pocket. Do you see this key, he said. Take it and open the byer door at such a place, and you'll find that in Briar, your goat, your sheep, and your bullock will be there. There are robbers in that house, but if they try to prevent your taking your own, Tell them that all the threshers of the county are coming to beat them with flails. 
The farmer took the key and went away very thankful to Gilly. The story says that he got back his goat, his sheep, and his bull, and made, made it an excuse that he had seen three magpie on the road for not going to the fair to buy a shawl for his wife Anne. The robbers were very frightened when he told them about the threshers coming, and they went away from that part of the country, never to be seen again. As for Gilly, he thought he would go back to the old woman of Bear for his name. So he took the bath by the edge of the lake, and as he journeyed along with his holly stick in his hand, he heard the swan of endless tales chanting. Flan was the name that the old woman of Bear gave to Gilly of the Goatskin when he came back to tell her that the swan of endless tales had been hatched out of the crystal egg. He went from her house then and came to where the King of Ireland's son waited for him. The two comrades went along well-traveled road. As they went on, they fell in with men driving herds of ponies, men of carrying packs on their backs, men with tools for working gold and silver, bronze and iron. Every person whom they asked said, We are going to the town of the Red Castle and to the great fair that will be held there. The king's son and Flan thought they should go to the town of Red Castle too, for where so many people would be, there was a chance of hearing what went before and what came after the unique tale. So they went. And when they had come to a well that was under a great rock, those, those whom they were with halted. They said it was the custom for the merchants and sellers to wait there for a day and to go into the town of Red Castle the day following. On this day, they said, the people of the town celebrate the festival of midsummer, and they do not like a great company of people to go into their town until the festival is over. The king of Ireland's son and Flan went on, and they were let into the town. The people had lit great fires in their marketplace, and they were driving their cattle through the fires. If there be evil on you, may it burn, may it burn, they were crying. They were afraid that witches and enchanters might come into the town with the merchants and the sellers, and that was the reason they did not permit a great company to enter. The fires in all their houses had been quenched that day, and they might not be lit except from the fires the cattle had gone through. The fires were left blazing high, and the king's son and Flan spent hours watching them and watching the crowds that were around them. Then the time came to take the fire to the houses. Those who came for fire were all young maidens. Each came into the light of one of the greatest fires, took coals from a fire that had burnt lone, and placed them in a new earthen vessel, and then went away. Flan thought that all the maidens were so beautiful and wonderful and kind and lovely. Then the maiden who came who was so high above the rest that Flan had no words to even be able to speak to her. She had silver hair on her head and silver on her arms. And the people around the fires all bowed to her. She had black, black hair, and she had a smiling face. Not happily smiling, but proudly smiling. Flan thought that a star had bent down to be with her. And when she had taken the fire and had gone away, Flan said, 
She is surely the king's daughter. That she is, said the king of Ireland's son. The people here have spoken her name. What is her name? asked Flan. It is Lavarsina, said the king's son. Flame of wine. Will we see her again? asked Flan. That I do not know, said the king's son. But come now, and let us ask the people here if they have knowledge of the unique tale. Wait, said Flan. They are talking about Princess Flame of Wine. He did not move, but instead listened to what was said. All said that the king's daughter was proud. Some said she was beautiful. But others answered that her lips were thin and her eyes mocking. No other maidens came to the fire after that. And Flan stood before the one that still blazed and thought and thought. The king's son asked many if they had knowledge of the unique tale, but no one had heard of it. Some told him that there would be merchants and sellers from many parts of the world at the fair that would be held on the morrow, and that there would be a chance of meeting one who perhaps had knowledge of the unique tale. Then the king's son went with one who brought him to Brufers, that is, to a house of hospitality, maintained by the king for strangers. As for Flan, he remained looking into the fire until it died down, and then he slept before it.